Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 minutes every single day, seven days a week. It keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for our faith to stay strong and even grow stronger, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you always to share these short studies with everybody you can, because getting people into God's Word can help them refocus their lives spiritually. They can start thinking more about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. So help them by sharing through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around, come to God, grow in their faith, you may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them and for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're talking about the God of second chances. Do you need a second chance in life? You might say, I need about a thousandth new chance. You know, well, we all need second chances, don't we? Another chance to get it right this time. We talked about how Winston Churchill was we kind of assessed that perhaps how he came to the point of being correct in some in some of his decisions that he made, and particularly he was asked by a by a reporter in the earlier years of the confrontation between England and the other Western nations of Europe in their confrontation with Adolf Hitler as he was rising to power and starting to move in conquest over different countries within the continent of Europe. And so the reporter asked Winston Churchill what prepared him to risk political suicide by speaking out so strongly so early against Adolf Hitler. Now, this was probably asked of Churchill in retrospect after things had gotten to the point where it became obvious he had made the right decision. And Churchill said he thought it might have been the time that he had to repeat a grade in elementary school. Well, that apparently shocked the reporter. And he said, you mean you failed a year in grade school? And Churchill responded indignantly, I never failed anything in my life. I was always given a second opportunity to get it right. And that was the way he assessed having to repeat one grade during his elementary education. Well, all of us need a second chance at this or that or different situations that arise in our lives. We make mistakes. We're human. We're fallible. Churchill was simply relating that he was also true to that reality and identity. He had messed up at some grade in high school or, or in elementary school, but he'd been given a second chance to get it right, and he did. Well, most of us need a second opportunity to get it right. Now, let me say that differently. All of us need a second opportunity to get it right, and God is more than willing to give us that opportunity. He is the God of second chances. Now, we can call it second chances. Sometimes for us it mounts up to be, you know, 500th chance or the 600th chance or the 1,000th chance, and the number goes on and on. But we can simply think of it in a general way as a second chance. He gives us a chance to get it right. He's rich in mercy and love and grace, Ephesians 2 and verse 4, and he especially delights in mercy. 
Who is God? Who is a God like thee that, that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He, re- he retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Micah chapter 7 and verse 18. What a great description of God. Now, I want us to think about God being the God of second chances from three different perspectives. And these three different perspectives are taken, they're gleaned from the account of the prodigal son. We find that in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through, oh, down past verse 20. But we'll look at this in more detail as we go along. Now, the first perspective I want you to think about is God being a God who runs, a God who runs, setting a place at God's table. I want us to read the account of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This apparently was a son's right, or at least he had the opportunity, to ask for his inheritance early before his father died. Now, this was the younger son, so he would have received the lesser portion of inheritance than his older brother would have received once their father passed from this earth. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Prodigal living. Interesting word, prodigal. We're talking about, we're talking about uh, him wasting it. He was the prodigal son, and he wasted his inheritance. And the indication seems to be that he wasted his inheritance quickly, quickly. <laughs> well, again, wasteful living. How many times have you known somebody who they received some kind of a windfall, you know, kind of, so to speak? Maybe they received an inheritance. Maybe they received a big bonus at work. Maybe somebody in the family, you know, just gave them a, a gift of money, and it was exceptional. And so you think, wow, that, what a blessing that is. What a great gift that is. What Wonderful. You received that. Now, what are you going to do with it? Put some of it away. Save it. But no, they go out and they quickly spend it all on things in a lot of cases that they did not really need to be spending it on. But they just, you know, spent it all. It was all gone. Some people s- describe uh, people like that as money burning a hole in their pockets. <laughs> you know, they can't seem to hold on to it. They just got to spend it. If they've got it, they've got to spend it. Well, this young man, he petitioned his father while his father was still living, please give me my portion of the inheritance. Now, if, his, if he had waited until his father finished out his years upon this earth, he probably would have received more because his father seemed to have been, I think we could probably say a wealthy man. So his holdings probably would have increased through the rest of his life. And and so this younger son, to receive his portion of the inheritance, probably would have gained by waiting. 
and simply receiving it at the proper time. But no, he was impatient. He wanted it right now, and so his father did give it to him based upon his holdings at that particular point in time. The young man, again, the text seems to indicate quickly, he, he left home. A lot of, a lot of you know, young folks, they, they can't wait to get out of the house, get away from their parents' <laughs> oversight, and so they get out, and a lot of times in, in taking that particular direction in life, they make some big mistakes shortly after leaving home. Well, this young man seemed to have done that big time. In verse 14, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Now, he no longer had, no longer had any money to buy food with even. And so a famine arose in the land, and, and he was hungry. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, this young man was undoubtedly Jewish, and so pigs, pork was unclean for them to eat. So you get the idea here. He has gone from probably a wealthy home to now the pig pen, and that would have been repulsive for most of the Jewish people because, again, pork, swine, they were considered to be unclean animals, could not eat them. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything, the pods. Well, pig food, in other words. He would have been glad to have had pig food to eat because he was that hungry, but he was not getting anything. When he came to himself, Ah, so his head cleared, so to speak, his thinking cleared up. He said, how many of my father's hired servants, hired servants, have bread enough and to spare? In other words, they have plenty of food. They have extra to eat. And I perish with hunger. He's the son of his father, the master of the household. The servants under his father have plenty of food to eat, even extra. And he says, I'm the son and I'm going hungry. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. What a great recognition and admission on the part of this young man. He recognized how badly he had messed up, and he was willing to identify himself as having sinned against heaven and before his father. He was repenting. I'm no longer, he's going to tell his father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He did not want to go back to his father's household and expect to be put back in his place as the, as the son, one of the sons of his father, the master of the household. He wanted to go back and say, just make me one of your servants. I don't believe, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't uh, you know, deserve to be called your son any longer. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this... My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. What a great story. What a great story. 
from two perspectives at least. One, you see the Father is a, as a Father of great mercy and great grace, thankful that his son who had been lost to him because he went off on his own into a country somewhere else. Father probably did not even know where he was at that time, did not know what was going on with him, and he came back. He described him as having been dead and now was alive, but also from the perspective of the young man, the father's son. He made terrible mistakes in his life, terrible mistakes, short-sighted, arrogant probably, and wasteful, probably living a sinful life and going through all of his inheritance so quickly. But he came to himself, the text says. He came to realize his mistakes, and he repented and sought forgiveness from God and from his father. What a great story. His father truly was a father of second chances. And of course, the father simply represents God, our heavenly father. We'll look a little closer next time. Let's pray. Father, Father, thank you for being the God of second chances, because we need second chances all along. Help us to stand strong before you and faithful to you always and obedient to your teachings. Help us to beware of making careless, foolish mistakes. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>